Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sanders Facts. Sanders Facts it is. Hello everyone, welcome in to the latest edition of the Sanders Facts Podcast. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander. Welcome into episode 31. The big 3-1, as they call it, on the Cedars Facts Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Wednesday, September 1st. Oh, here we go. Summer's over. It's September. And we've got a lot to talk about this week. We've got all sports once again. But football, it's the second part of the two-part Zaders Facts 2021-2022 football season preview. We're going to get into that. Plus, I got a little reminder to get to you. So we'll talk about that in a second. But first, thank you all for listening to Xander's Facts Podcast. If you like the facts, if you like the facts that are about to be spewed on these airwaves, then remember, click that follow button, download, rate, review, follow on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the socials, at Xander's Facts, that's Xander with a Z, not an X. And remember, most importantly, to spread the facts. Xander's Facts Podcast, tell all your friends, Tell everyone you know, if you're in school, tell all your classmates, yell out in the middle of class, Sanders Facts Podcast, and you probably will get in trouble, because everyone loves Sanders Facts Podcast, and if you haven't listened to any of our past episodes, go do that, because last week, we had part one of our football season preview, college football, this week, we're doing NFL, we're gonna get into that in a second, but first, I had to remind you all, tell me, tell me, that for soccer, World Cup qualifiers begin this week for the US, because club soccer in Europe, has been going on for the last few weeks. But after this past weekend, clubs are going on an international break for the next week, and most confederations are using the break for World Cup qualifying. Confederations like UEFA in Europe and CONCACAF here in North America. And CONCACAF begins the final round of qualifying, aka the octagonal round, this Thursday, with eight teams fighting for a chance to get to Qatar next year. Three teams... We'll get to go to the World Cup while the fourth place team gets to go to a playoff with teams from other continents. Very strange. And last week, the U.S. announced their 26-man roster for the next three matches that they're going to play in World Cup qualifying. Ew! And it does not look like the Gold Cup roster. Remember, that was like the C team. This is the A-plus team. We got Pulisic, McKinney, Reyna, all the best guys Yep. for this and as I said, matches begin on Thursday in CONCACAF, including for the U.S. They go on the road against El Salvador. They go to El Salvador on Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern. That game kicks off. That's a little late. Ugh. 10 p.m. Eastern on Thursday on CBS Sports Network and Paramount+. Plus. And then on Sunday, they come home. They go to Nashville. They take on Canada. That's at 8 p.m. Eastern, better, on FS1, and then on Wednesday, next Wednesday, September 8th, they wrap up the international break at Honduras at 10 p.m. Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. 10 p.m. is a little late. I'm just going to say that. That's blasphemy! But these are not the only World Cup qualifying matches that the U.S. is going to play. They're going to play, they have other international breaks that they're going to play in November, January, February, and March. And by then, hopefully we'll figure out if the U.S. is going to go to the World Cup, unlike last time. Because last time they didn't go. That was dumb. And that kind of upset me. And everyone else. So all eight teams in this final round of CONCACAF World Cup qualifying will play the other seven teams home and away through March in order to figure out which three teams are going to go. And the team 
fourth place team that gets to go to wherever for the playoff to figure out if they might go. We'll see. But that's all I've got for soccer. And now, here we go. Xander's facts. Xander's 2021-2022 football season preview. Last week, we did college football. That was part one. Today, Wednesday, September 1st, is part two. Stinger! Yellow jacket. And in part two, we're going to talk about the NFL National Football League. Original. Oh my gosh, let's get into it. Because last year was a little crazy. We didn't have that much COVID issues. We didn't have as many as we did in college, because college was crazy. And last year, as Xander did not predict, sadly. First episode, Xander's facts, he did not predict that. But Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. And hopefully this year, we can get past COVID, even though there's some players who are making that hard. Huh. We're going to talk about that. We're going to get some great matchups this year. And this season, for the NFL, you're going to be ready to know everything because Xander is here to help guide you through this NFL season with everything you need to know before the season begins. So let's get into it. The Xander's Facts 2021-2022 Football Season Preview Part 2 starts right now. Xander's Facts? Let's get into the NFL and let's start in the American Football Conference, the AFC. Last year, it was the Kansas City Chiefs who ran through the conference once again for the second straight year, but they fell short of their second straight title. And this year, the AFC looks mighty tough again with its top contenders returning and some interesting up-and-coming teams. Let's talk about it, but let's go by division here. So let's start with the AFC East. And last year's AFC East champions won the division for the first time since 1995. The Buffalo Bills. How about that? The Bills! They were the first team other than the Patriots to win a division since 2008. And last season marked a huge jump for quarterback Josh Allen. He threw for 4,544 yards and 37 touchdowns. He had a 69% completion rate. Nice. It's a fact. And the Bills have a ton around them, too. They've got Stephon Dix, Emmanuel Sanders, and Cole Beasley as their receivers. Even though Cole Beasley's got some COVID vaccine issues, which we need to deal with him with because he's a mess. Jeez. Plus, they've got running back Devin Singletary leading the backfield, and it should be the offense carrying the Bills to another postseason berth as their quarterback, Josh Allen, looks to solidify himself in the top tier of NFL quarterbacks. There's only 32 teams, so I can go a little slower than I did for college because college last week was a mess, but we've got less teams this week. Get that out of here. That's the Bills. For the Dolphins in Miami, there's been a lot of rumors surrounding their quarterback situation. Are they going to stick with Tua Tagovailoa? He's their quarterback right now. Or are they going to trade for Deshaun Watson? Awful. Even though we've talked about all the stuff Watson's got going on, he's got legal issues the Texans might not want him. They might. Uh, it's it's kind of a mess. But for now, quarterback Tua Tugovalo is their starter. And he may need to prove himself because he had a rough rookie season. He had Ryan Fitzpatrick there. But he's the main guy now. Ryan Fitzpatrick's gone. And the offense does gain two big pieces in wide receivers with sixth overall pick Jalen Waddle coming in from Alabama. And Will Fuller, he comes from the Texans joining wide receiver Devontae Parker and reliable running back Miles Gaskin. It's going to be a big year for Miami and to see if two is going to stay and if their head coach Brian Flores is going to stay. We'll see what happens in Miami. I don't know. For New York, for the Jets, they get a new coach, Robert Solid. They get a new quarterback, Zach Wilson. He was their second overall pick this year in the draft. It's going to be a total rebuild. And while there was some stuff about Wilson and Priest, he's like, oh my gosh, can you believe this guy is so amazing? I don't know. That might be a little come regular season. We'll see. But 
Sam Darnold air is over in New York. And Wilson's got some weapons. He's got wide receiver Corey Davis, who's coming from Tennessee. Jamison Crowder's there. Whoever's going to lead in the backfield, we don't know. And while Salah was the defensive coordinator for the Niners last year, it's clear that the real work needs to be done on offense. And there may be signs of progress this year for New York, but I wouldn't count on it. The Jets, they're going to have some issues. And for the last team in the AFC East, it's the New England Patriots. And last year was the first time since 2008 that the Patriots were not champions of the AFC East. That was the last time they didn't make the playoffs either. True that! And it's year two now without Tom Brady. And 15th overall pick, Mac Jones, might be shaking up the rakes under center. Actually, we found out on Tuesday, the day before this podcast comes out, Cam Newton, who was the starter last year, was released, surprisingly. So Mac Jones, the rookie, is going to be quarterback this year. How about that? And he's got a bunch of new pieces around him. He's got tight ends John U. Smith, Hunter Henry, wide receiver Nelson Aguilar joining the mix. If he can find some rhythm, uh, we'll, we'll see. The defense is decent. We'll see. If Bill Belichick actually knows what he's doing, because we don't know that yet, because Tom Brady, we figured out, knew what he was doing. Bill Belichick, we don't know. We'll see. Too bad. So for the AFC East, as I just said, there are clearly one team above the rest. It's not New England. It's not New York. It's not Miami. It's the Bills. The Buffalo Bills, I mean, they look extremely dangerous on offense, and no other team's going to be able to keep up in the division. The Bills are going to win the AFC East. First prediction of the podcast, Xander's facts. That's cool. Now let's go to the AFC North. We've got the Cincinnati Bengals. Quarterback Joe Burrow's coming back from an ACL and MCL injury last year, which was kind of rough. Their offense looks to be reinvigorated this year. They've got wide receivers Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. And the fifth overall pick last year was wide receiver and former Burrow teammate at LSU, Jamar Chase. So we'll see what happens there. But if the offensive line can get better, because that was the issue with Burrow, he kept getting sacked and then he got injured last year, the offense might be exciting. And there could be some, a couple upsets for Cincinnati this year if they can stay healthy. That's a big thing, if they can stay healthy. Sick burn! The team that I really like in the AFC North, though, is the Cleveland Browns. They went 11-5 and last year. They had a breakout season, and they look ready to fight for the division and their second straight playoff berth for the first time since the late 1980s. <laughs> I mean, how about that? That was a fact. And the secondary should improve. The defense overall should improve. They got Jadavion Clowney at defensive end. Their fir- they used their first-round pick on cornerback Greg Newsome in the secondary. The offense took a major step last year under Baker Mayfield, their quarterback, who everyone was like, I don't know about Baker Mayfield, but he proved you wrong. And he's got the running back duo of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Odo Beckham Jr. is going to be back. Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, those are his targets. One of the best offensive lines in the league. Oh my gosh. This offense is going to be awesome. Cleveland Browns are going to be a scary team to face this year. Really? The Baltimore Ravens also went 11 and 5 last year, but they may they have a couple more questions than the Browns do. They still have quarterback Lamar Jackson, but their offense took a major hit last week when in a preseason game, running back JK Dobbins was lost for the year with an injury. They've still got Marquise Brown at receiver and tight end Mark Andrews and wide receiver Sammy Watkins comes to Baltimore. But the offensive line doesn't look as good as it has. And Lamar Jackson's got some COVID issues, apparently. So we don't like that on this podcast. Whoa. Sorry. So the Ravens, I think they're kind of missing that piece from contending, even with the Browns for the division. I don't know about the Ravens this year. They probably won't be as good as 11-5. and five. And the other team in the AFC North is the Pittsburgh 
Steelers, they looked unstoppable. They won their first 11 games last year, but they dropped their last four out of five. Whoops. That was kind of rough. They won the division, though, at 12 and four, but they dropped their only playoff game. They played against Cleveland, and this year there might be a major drop-off on the horizon. There's major questions regarding Ben Roethlisberger. Can he still do it? There's a new offensive coordinator. The receivers are still there. He's got Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, but they probably won't be as effective if there's not a good quarterback under center, and I don't really trust Ben Roethlisberger, I have to tell you that. There's major turnover on the offensive line. I would say that there's probably going to be a major decline in production for the Steelers, and there should be a lot of struggles this year. I'm not really looking too good on Pittsburgh. Terrible. So that's the AFC North, and while three teams went 11-5 and or better in the North last year, only one stands out for me this year. It's the Browns, as I said. Cleveland, they have an offense that looks like it could be all around one of the best in the league, and that should allow them to easily top their division competitors, who I don't think are as good as they were last year. Give me the Browns for the AFC North. Another fact! For the AFC South, Indianapolis, which is not in the South of the United States, but whatever, they're in the AFC South, there's a lot of hype surrounding them this offseason. I don't know why. They did go 11-5 and last year, which was pretty surprising because they had Phillip Rivers as the quarterback. He's not the quarterback anymore. It's Carson Wentz. Who? Who, uh, I don't know. But the defense, that's not the reason. The defense has been getting all the hype because they've got cornerback Xavier Rhodes, DeForest Buckner, and Darius Leonard up front. They are extremely good, and they led a much-improved defense last year. For the offense, though, they've got Jonathan Taylor at running back. He came. He comes back from a breakout rookie season. Quarterback situation looks much different, as I said, and that brings a lot of questions to the position. While the offensive line is one of the best in the league, they've got Quentin Nelson, who's one of the best tackles in the league, Eric Fisher, who comes from the Chiefs. Everything around the quarterback looks solid, but I seriously don't know about Carson Wentz after what just happened in Philadelphia. If he can get going, that's going to be a really good team, but if not, they're going to have issues. A team that's probably going to have issues this year but has a lot of intrigue is the Jacksonville Jaguars because they had the first pick last year and they used it on Trevor Lawrence. Wow! And they have a new head coach in Urban Meyer, his first time head coaching in the NFL. So how about that? We'll see what happens. There's some exciting pieces to work with. Along with Lawrence, they've got at running back Travis Etienne, even though he's out for the year, preseason injury again, I know. James Robinson, though, at running back. Was pretty good for my fantasy team last year. Quit your whining. They've got DJ Shark, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault at wide receiver. Even so, there's not a lot of experience, even with all those names. Those are a lot of young guys on both sides of the ball, which would probably make immediate success pretty difficult. The Jags should be better than last year. I think they won one game last year or two. They'll be better than that, but they won't be playoff level. They probably won't be that for another year or two. Yikes! But one team that may be trying to tank this season is the Houston Texans. Oh! Because Deshaun Watson, that whole thing, we don't know. Two of his top wide receivers, Will Fuller, Randall Cobb, they're gone. They've got a new head coach in David Culley. There's just not a lot of talent. They lost J.J. Watt. He went to Arizona. If Watson's not their quarterback, it's going to be Tyrod Taylor. He's going to be the starter. But even so, uh, the Texans look like surefire bottom feeders. I'll tell you that. I'd probably make a good pick that the Texans are going to be the first pick of the draft next year. Uh, Bold move there. They don't look too good. And the last team in the South is the one that won the division last year, the Tennessee Titans. Even though they lost some key pieces from last year, Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, two wide receivers, and John U. Smith, that tight end, they're all gone. But they did bring in a big wide receiver 
Julio Jones from Atlanta. He's in Tennessee. That's definitely going to assist with Ryan Tannehill, who's still got A.J. Brown at receiver. And Derrick Henry's in the backfield, too. He rushed for over 100 yards in 10 games last year. It's true! And he carried the offense. Probably won't be relied on as much this year, but he's still one of the best backs in the league. And the offense will definitely have to perform to carry the defense. The defense is the weak point of this team. But the Titans should feel comfortable with their place in the division, because I don't know about all the other teams. But it looks like the South is going to be a two-way race between the Colts and the Titans. And if quarterback Carson Wentz can perform at the levels as he did back in 2018, when he took the Eagles basically all the way to the Super Bowl before he got injured, I think the Colts could easily take the division. While I see that unlikely, I think the Colts will still squeak it out. I think the Colts will win the AFC South. It's a fact. Let's go to the AFC West. Now, we're almost done with the AFC. We got four more teams, including the Denver Broncos, because it hasn't panned out for the Broncos in the last few years with Drew Locke as their quarterback. So they bring in Teddy Bridgewater this year to help reinvigorate a team that has not been to the playoffs since 2016, which was the year they won the Super Bowl. They haven't been to the playoffs since they were in the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. Good to know. Bridgewater definitely has a lot of talent around him. Wide receivers, Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, Noah Fan at tight end, Andy Scott running backs, Melvin Gordon, and Javante Williams, who's a rookie from North Carolina. He should be really good. As the offense, the offense is probably going to go through some growing pains, though. I mean, they've got a new quarterback. It should be the defense that leads the charge this season. Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb up front. Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, Patrick Sertan with the ninth overall pick. This defense is going to be good. Again, one of the best in the league. And the offense should improve, but the defense is going to be the one you're going to want to watch for the Broncos this year. Duh. Let's go down to Los Angeles for the first Los Angeles team, the Chargers. Last year for them, they had a new quarterback, Justin Herbert, who burst into the spotlight last year. And the Chargers are finally looking to get past their years of mediocrity this year. They've got a new head coach. Brandon Staley, who was the defensive coordinator for the Rams last year, who were the best defense in football statistically, so... Sanders facts! And there should be a jump in defensive production with that, with Joey Bosa coming back, and with safety Jerwin James coming back from an injury, one of the best safeties in the league. The offense returns powerhouse running back Austin Eckler, and wide receivers Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and Jared Cook at tight end is coming to Los Angeles, so hopefully... For Herbert, that'll help show his full potential. But I think for the Chargers to take that next step into Super Bowl contention, they probably need to get another receiver, and they need to improve their offensive line. But I do think the Chargers should definitely be a borderline wildcard team this season. Yeah, okay. Last year's AFC representative in the Super Bowl, though, was the Kansas City Chiefs, and they look hungry for revenge this year in what should be another excellent season for them. The Chiefs made sure to make upgrades for their quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, on the offensive line because that was the disaster that happened in the Super Bowl last year. Mahomes had no protection whatsoever. And of course, they returned wide receivers Tyreek Hill and McCole Hardman, along with Travis Kelsey. And the offensive line should be greatly improved, which should lead to more options as well for running back Clyde Edwards-Elair, who's coming in for his second year. And the defense does lack depth, but they've got defensive end Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger. What do you say? In the secondary, which could help some stars. And all in all, I think the Chiefs just look reloaded and probably ready for another deep postseason run. Once again, if you're getting tired of the Chiefs. Sorry, it's going to happen for a while. What are you implying? And for the last team of the AFC West, 
is the Las Vegas Raiders. It hasn't exactly been a success for John Gruden as the Raiders head coach. And they may need a quality season to ensure the tides don't change. Even though he got a 10-year deal or something and he's in like year three or four, you know, that doesn't really matter if the team's not performing very well. Uh-oh. But quarterback Derek Carr looked like a different quarterback last season. He threw for a career high 4,103 yards, and he surpassed a 100.0 passer rating, which is pretty good. True, true. And they've got running back Kenyon Drake, who's coming from Arizona, to join alongside Josh Jacobs in the backfield, and Henry Ruggs at receiver, and tight end Darren Waller should remain two of Carr's top options. And the O-line does look a mess, so that's going to be an issue. And the defense is only marginally improving. They've got second-round pick safety Trevin Mooring, Yannick Ngakwe at defensive end, probably won't help too much. The Raiders, I think they've got another low ceiling this season. Not expecting too much in Las Vegas. That was terrible. So that's the AFC West. And, oh, it's so hard in the AFC West. Who are we going to pick? It's not hard. It's easy. Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to take the division for the sixth straight year. Sanders facts. Sanders facts! And that's the 16 teams that are in the AFC. Now let's go to the 16 teams that are in the National Football conference also known as the nfc and the nfc last year got its first super bowl champion since 2018 with the tampa bay buccaneers last year in tom brady's first year with the team how about that so let's begin in the nfc east i know (sighs) the nfc east is kind of a mess and let's start with america's team america's team dallas cowboys even though they're not America's team because that's stupid. They haven't made any noise on the field in a while, and last year was rough. They went six and ten. Dak Prescott got injured early. It was a rough ankle injury. He's back now, and the Cowboys are hoping for much better health luck this year. The offense is extremely talented, though. They've got with Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and Tony Pollard in the backfield, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CD Lamb, and they've got one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. So we should be able to see early on if the offense is actually elite and if it's going to be one of the best in the NFL because it has the potential to. It's got the talent. The defense, meanwhile, was abysmal last year. And they bring on a new defensive coordinator in Dan Quinn along with 12th overall pick Micah Parsons out of Penn State to hopefully improve it. So while the defense prevents the Cowboys from truly contending, if they're healthy, they could turn heads in the AFC. I don't want to say it, but they could. They got a lot of talent. And if they don't, it could be changes again. Mike McCarthy might go. Even though it was his last, first year last year, and they wanted them gone already. Kind of rough. Disgusting! For the Eagles, there are a bunch of new faces for Philadelphia, which is probably going to meet subpar results this year. Jalen Hurts is going to be their starter. He's coming in as their starter in the offseason for the first time. And they've got a new head coach in Nick Sirianni. The offensive line should be decent, and Hurts does have Jalen Rieger at receiver and 10th overall pick Devontae Smith out of Alabama to work with. And the defense provides more questions, however, as there really aren't any true star players on that side. And after tight end Zach Ertz slumped last season, we'll see if Dallas Goddard can carry the load because I don't know what's happening with Zach Ertz, but we'll see. And help the offense. And there are many questions right now for Philadelphia on both sides of the ball. I just don't think the playoffs seem remotely likely. For Philadelphia. And there's a lot of questions surrounding another team in the NFC East, the New York Giants, as well, regarding management, star players. Kind of a mess. Apparently, they're fighting and practices each other. That doesn't sound good. Bye bye. Running back Saquon Barkley, he was injured last year, a bunch of big injuries last year. He's back. 
The offensive line, however, is a complete disaster, so that might be a little tough for him. And it's quarterback Daniel Jones's make-or-break year, probably, because he hasn't done so well. He was like, what was he, top 10 pick one year? And everybody was like, what are you doing taking this guy from Duke? And has it turned out to be that great? We'll see what happens, especially considering that the Giants have Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney now at receiver to complement Sterling Shepard. And similarly to the Eagles, if the defense is basically stuck in mediocrity, they don't have any real stars. And the big question is if Daniel Jones, their quarterback, can improve. And if they can, the Giants could probably contend for the division, but I don't see that happening. And it's probably going to signal a rebuild with or without their head coach, Joe Judge, and their general manager, Dave Gettleman, who is kind of old school, which is not done very well for the Giants. So the final team in the NFC East, as you know, Washington football team! What a name. Deal with it. They won the NFC East last year with a astounding record of seven and nine. It was amazing. They had five quarterbacks that they cycled through last year, and they looked absolutely dreadful at times. But there is optimism, and there should be, for the first time in a while. Like, Robert Griffin era, that was, that turned out so well. But this bite, because the defense was the bright spot last year. They had a rookie, Chase Young, who was amazing last year. Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat up front, lead a defense that was fourth in the league in points allowed last season. The offense returns breakout second-year players and running back Antonio Gibson, wide receiver Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, their tight end, is back, and they add Curtis Samuel, Adam Humphreys, and Deami Brown, a third-round pick for receiver. And the offensive line should definitely be decent, but the question remains at quarterback. This year... Washington brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's 38 years old. Hopefully we can get some Fitz magic coming to Washington. And if this team has a solid quarterback, they could hopefully try to get past the first round of the playoffs for the first time in forever, I think, because it has been a long time. And that's all they need, because this is a very complete football team on offense and defense. They just need to figure out their long-term quarterback situation. If they can do that, they're set. We'll see what happens. That's the NFC East. So the Eagles and Giants, as I said, no. So it looks like a two-way race in the NFC East this year. Washington has a much better defense than Dallas, but Dallas has one of the top offenses in the league. But if Ryan Fitzpatrick can get it going, there is no question who was the best team in the division, top to bottom. Washington football team. I think that they will be the first team since the Eagles did it in 01 and to 04, 2001 to 2004, to repeat in the NFC East. Cool facts, bro. Pretty crazy. And I think they'll do it with a winning record this year. How about that? Sanders facts. Now let's continue in the NFC to go to the NFC North and the Chicago Bears. It is year four for their head coach, Matt Nagy. And the quarterback that they were banking on in Chicago is gone, Mitchell Trubisky. He's off in Buffalo backing up Josh Allen. So they bring in Andy Dalton and they use their first round pick on Justin Fields. They traded up for him, in fact. So whoever ends up starting, well, they don't have much around them. They do have Allen Robinson. He's proven and reliable at receiver, but he's really the only one, really. I mean, the backfield does consist of the talented duo of David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen for running back, who should probably carry the load on offense, even though they've got a rough offensive line. And the defense does have a star in Khalil Mack on the end. They have a potential star in Roquan Smith at linebacker, There's going to be improvement that needs to be seen in order 
for them to improve in the win-loss column. They went 8-8 eight eight last year. I wouldn't expect much more from the Bears this season. They'll probably end up around there again. Slow down there. The quarterback situation is going to be interesting to watch, though. Is it going to be Dalton or is it going to be Fields? Ooh, we'll see. That's cool. But for a team who's also bringing change this year, it's the Detroit Lions. They have a new GM, a new head coach in Dan Campbell, me and Campbell, and they've got a new quarterback in Jared Goff. That was that Goff-Stafford trade that was way back in March, I think. So the Lions traded Matthew Stafford for Goff this offseason, and it's clear which quarterback got the better end of the deal. It's not Goff, because the top wide receivers for the Lions are Tyrell Williams and Brashad Perriman. Yikes. They do have DeAndre Swift at running back. He should provide some comfort. They have a decent offensive line, but the defense is in desperate need of a rebuild, and this will probably be year one of what is going to be a years-long process. So it's probably going to get worse for Detroit before it gets better. So I would expect another high draft pick for the Lions. For the Packers, though, I would expect a low draft pick because they were marred with controversy this offseason. We didn't know if Aaron Rodgers was going to come back. He's coming back for probably what's going to be his final season in Green Bay and Green Bay's last chance for a deep playoff run in a while, considering Rodgers is their team. They do have Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling at receiver. And Randall Cobb comes back. Rodgers likes that. Plus, Robert Tanyan is back at tight end. Aaron Jones at running back. Another great offensive option. The O-line's going to be good as well. And the defense should continue to improve. And I think that the sky is the limit for the Packers this season as long as Aaron Rodgers is there and healthy. The truth lies here for the vikings last year was a disaster for the defense the offense was pretty good almost went to the playoffs but the defense was kind of a disaster they hope some new faces though are going to improve things they got patrick peterson and xavier woods in the secondary so the trouble is most likely going to be inside which is going to be a disaster but on offense kirk cousins returns and apparently kirk cousins has covid issues which we don't like <sighs> <sighs> He said he'd rather have a glass box around him in the practice facility than get the coronavirus vaccine. Apparently that's what he said. But he's got some top-tier options in wide receivers. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook looks to bounce back at a rough year last year at running back. They do have an inexperienced offensive line, but if the offense could keep improving, they could be scary to face at times. I don't think they're going to improve very much, though. Kirk Cousins is a quarterback, okay? Kirk Cousins, no. I wouldn't count on it. So that's the NFC North. And with the Bears and Lions going through transition, and the Vikings are probably stuck in mediocrity right now, I think it's clear that the division is the Packers to lose. The Packers have the potential to garner the conference's top seed, I think, and that coveted bye during wildcard weekend. Because now with the seven teams in the playoffs for each conference, only one team gets a bye. So now it's more important than ever. Because the second place team doesn't get a bye. Ooh, okay. So that's the NFC North. Too many facts. Two more divisions to go. Let's go to the NFC South and the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In Tom Brady's first season as quarterback, they won their first Super Bowl since John Gruden was their head coach back in 2003. And the Bucs are bringing back almost everyone from last year, including Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, one of the best offensive lines in the league returns. They've got top guys on defense, Shaquille Barrett, Ndamukong Sue, Antoine Winfield. Suffice to say, Tampa Bay is going to look the same, just a year older. We'll see if that affects them. Probably not in their division, because 
as I'm going to mention in a minute, their division's not really top-loaded. Let's just say that, because for the Falcons in Atlanta, they have a new head coach, too. This may be the last chance for Matt Ryan to make a playoff run, because last year the Falcons went 4-12. and It was tied for their worst finish since the 96 season. It's the truth. And they are just four years removed from a Super Bowl appearance. So now they've got a new head coach in Arthur Smith. He hopes to bring some life in the skill positions to help revitalize the offense so Matt, Matty Ice can get a last run on offense. Mike Davis comes in at running back from Carolina. Cordell Patterson can play both running back and receiver. And they've got Kyle Pitts at tight end, who was their fourth pick, fourth overall pick in the draft. He's going to be really good. He was the highest drafted tight end in NFL history in the draft at four. However, gone are Todd Gurley at running back. Julio Jones has gone at receiver. So Calvin Ridley looks to be wide receiver one in Atlanta this season. And there really isn't much to be proud of on defense. So it's probably going to take some time for the new offensive names to gel in order to start consistently winning games. Atlanta has a playoff team. I don't think so. Fight me. Panthers has a playoff team. I don't think so either because... While they do hope to return their star running back Christian McCaffrey this year and get a better result under head coach Matt Rule, it's going to be his second season this year. The offense is going to look different. McCaffrey returns, but Sam Darnold is their new quarterback. And fourth-round pick running back Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State is probably going to be a solid backup for McCaffrey. Darnold doesn't have as many options, though, in the passing game. Robbie Anderson's his top wide receiver. The offensive line's one of the worst in the league. The defense is extremely young, but they've got some good players like defensive end Brian Burns. Their pick of the first round at eight overall was J.C. Hornet quarterback. So maybe some improvement there, but I wouldn't expect much from Carolina. But they could be a little exciting on offense if Christian McCaffrey comes back to full health. We'll see if that happens, though. It doesn't make any sense. And now for the Saints and New Orleans, this season's going to be the first since 2005 that Drew Brees is not the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Jameis Winston is going to take the reins this season. It's true! After beating out Taysom Hill, Drew Brees is retired. He's going to be on NBC this year for some reason. And while the offense also lost Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook, Michael Thomas does return. Apparently he's going to be out first five games or something. Plus, at running back, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, and even so... Winston's had his troubles in the past, and the offense doesn't look as loaded, but the defense should be effective. They've got Prince Amukamar and Marshawn Lattimore in the secondary. The offense is probably going to be a liability this season, and they really are not going to be as good as they were last year. I'll just say that for New Orleans. So that's the South. We've got three teams that are going to have revamped offenses this year, and only one team looks prepared to contend, and it was the team that won the Super Bowl last year. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to easily take the NFC South this season. Here we go! Final division is the NFC West, which is loaded. Let me just tell y'all, because first the San Francisco 49ers, they've got a quarterback controversy. They used the third overall pick of the draft on Trey Lance from North Dakota State. He might be pretty good. Plus, they've got Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback, so we'll see, because last year was a mess. They were devastated by injuries. After they made the Super Bowl in 2019, they didn't even make the playoffs. This year, they hope that luck is going to be on their side, especially on defense. They've got a new defensive coordinator, and whoever ends up at quarterback is going to have a couple reliable targets. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk at receiver, George Kittle, of course, Raheem Mostert in the backfield, and a solid offensive line. So if the 49ers can remain healthy, I think they could be a decent playoff team. That's a big if. 
after last season, though, because they were just ravaged by injuries. It was not even a joke how many injuries they had for the Niners last year. Disrespectful! But let's go to the Cardinals, because it looks like Arizona may finally be able to take the next step under their head coach Cliff Kingsbury and quarterback Kyler Murray. So while the offense did lose Larry Fitzgerald, it looks like it's going to retire, and Kenyon Drake in running back, they do have Chase Edmonds, and James Conner comes in running back. They should be able to handle the load. While Murray has DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk at receiver, and A.J. Green. They got A.J. Green from Cincinnati. So the defense should see a significant improvement as well. They got J.J. Watt, as I said. He's a difference maker. And they used their first round pick on a linebacker from Tulsa, Zavin Collins, who is really good. And after they only went 8-8 eight eight last year, it was... Eh, I thought they were going to go to the playoffs last year, but they didn't. So good thing we didn't have Xander's facts back then. But I do think they're going to make a major jump this year. And I think they should be a sleeper in the NFC this year. Sanders facts. Enlightening the masses. Halfway through the NFC West, let's go to Los Angeles for the other Los Angeles team, the Rams. They come into this season with a new quarterback, Matthew Stafford, and a team that wants to get back to the Super Bowl like they did a couple years ago after a subpar 2020 season. And the Rams ended up 10-6, and but were led by one of the top defenses in the league. So for the offense, Stafford looks to revive the offense. He's got Robert Woods and Cooper Cup at receiver, and Deshaun Jackson is there in Los Angeles. The offensive line looks aging, but they look solid as well. Daryl Henderson should be the top option. Malcolm Brown is gone at running back, and the defense returns their top pieces. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, two of the top players on defense in the league, but they do lose some depth, and that could lower their overall ranking a bit after they were the best defense in the league last year. They've got a new look offense, so I would expect the Rams to return to postseason contention Just not Super Bowl contention. And the final team of the NFC West is the Seattle Seahawks. Here it comes! Russell Wilson's back. His top weapons are back. Things could be interesting for Seattle this year. DK Metcalf and Tyra Lockett are back, as I said. Chris Carson at running back looks to remain healthy. We'll see. And in addition to tight end, they've got Gerald Everett, who could shore up the position and allow Wilson to continue being a top-tier quarterback and the defense isn't what it was a few years ago the boom legion or whatever it was but they still got great players like bobby wagner at linebacker that should keep the seahawks in key games all year and after taking the division at 12 and 4 last year i would expect a similar result for seattle so for the nfc west it's probably the toughest division in the league i would say this year they've got all four teams who can make a legitimate case for being the top team in the division but while i think it will probably come down to the final week of the season I'll go with the sleeper, the surprise pick. Arizona Cardinals will do enough and win enough games in the division to win the NFC West. That's a big fact. How about that? Xander's facts. So we've gone through all 32 teams, so let's make some final predictions here. So for the league, let's start the AFC. I had the Bills, Browns, Colts, and Chiefs winning their divisions and getting the top four spots in the AFC playoffs. They're going to the playoffs. So the three teams that are going to get wild card spots, I think, are the Chargers, Titans and Ravens. I think the Ravens will make it. The Chargers and the Titans definitely will. I think they'll make the playoffs. And I think the Chiefs are going to win the conference. Again, yeah, I know. Surprise, Xander. Oh, yay. I think they'll get to the big game for the third straight year. That's a fact. In the NFC, I had Washington, the Packers, Tampa Bay, and Arizona winning their divisions and getting those spots in the NFC playoffs. So for the wildcard spots, I'll say the Rams and Seahawks from the West, top-loaded, 
And I'll say the Saints. I think they'll do just enough to get into the playoffs. Probably that seventh spot. They'll make the playoffs. And I think the Packers are going to win the conference. I think they've got enough. I think they'll make their first Super Bowl since 2011. So Super Bowl 56 in California, Los Angeles, Englewood, their new stadium, February 13th, 2022, Chiefs and Packers. Mark it down. Who's going to be winning the Super Bowl this year? I'd say the Chiefs. They've got Patrick Mahomes. I think they're just too good. They'll end up as the Super Bowl champions for the second time in three years. Thanks, goodness, that's over. So the NFL's preseason is all wrapped up, and the regular season starts next week. We are eagerly anticipating it because next Thursday, September 9th, the Cowboys face the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay, the defending Super Bowl champion, and Xander Next week is going to begin his season-long NFL Weekly Predictions just to make sure you know where all the facts are. Plus, Fantasy Squad. Sanders Facts Fantasy Squad, of course. Going to tell you all about that. Oh, yeah. You're going to know he's on my team. No, no, not! Sanders Facts. It's only a week away, the NFL season. Sanders going to have you covered all season long. And there you go. That is Sanders Facts Football Season Preview for the 2021-22 season i mean there you go how about that xander's facts overrated but before we go i've got something else because college football does start this week i know not week zero week one and college football predictions are coming to xander's facts let's do them right here we've got college football getting into full swing with week one this week so each week during the college football season Sanders is going to make predictions for the top 25 teams in college football. We you the rankings, the AP or the college football playoff, and for all of the week's NFL games. So this week, week one in college football, here comes Sanders' predictions. These are for outright matchups, not the betting lines, because that gets confusing. You're like, well, the Alabama won, but they didn't cover, so did you uh, get it right? That's my line. No, we're just going to do outright matchups this year for Sanders' facts. First off. Alabama is at number one. They take on Miami, who's at 14, in Atlanta at 3.30 on ABC. Gimme Alabama, of course. Write these down. Xander's Facts is going to get them all right. Plus, we'll go over them next week, too. So, we'll always figure out. So, what does this mean? Number two, Oklahoma goes on the road to take on Tulane at noon on ABC. I don't know where they're playing. Oh, they're playing that game. In Oklahoma, but it's technically a home game for Tulane because of the hurricane. I think Oklahoma's going to roll them, especially now because they're at home. Oklahoma. Clemson takes on Georgia, who's the fifth-ranked team. Clemson's the third-ranked team in Charlotte. And the week's sole top-five matchup. It's Saturday Night Football, 7.30 Eastern, ABC. It's going to be the best game of the week. Clemson, I think, is going to squeak out of it, though, with a win. Whoa. The fourth ranked team is the Ohio State Buckeyes. They start out Thursday night at 8 p.m. on Fox. They face Minnesota. Give me Ohio State. Texas A&M's the sixth ranked team. They play Kent State at home. 80s from the ESPNU. Texas A&M should roll them. Sorry. Iowa State is the seventh ranked team. They start out at home against Northern Iowa, 430 Eastern ESPN+. Plus. Iowa State, it's not going to be close. Morning, morning. Cincinnati is the eighth ranked team. Cincinnati. They play Miami, Ohio at home, 3.30 Eastern, ESPN+. Plus. Give me Cincinnati. Notre Dame is the ninth-ranked team. They go on the road to play Florida State in Tallahassee. That game is Sunday 
7.30 Eastern on ABC. Give me Florida State. How about that? Upset alert. Sanders facts. Florida State over Notre Dame. Sorry, Notre Dame. Stinger. But the Seminoles are coming. Friday. Oh, yes. This is going to be a good one. Friday night, 6 o'clock ESPN. It's North Carolina in Blacksburg. It's Virginia Tech. Oh, who am I going to pick? I just hope it's close. Nice try, buddy. I'll go. Uh, I did. I was like, do I really want to pick Virginia Tech? Because Carolina's probably going to something. But I will. Virginia Tech's going to win the game. They're going to beat Carolina. Xander's facts. And if they don't, I'm going to cry on this podcast next week. So please don't lose. Oregon is the 11th ranked team. They play Fresno State, who beat UConn last week in week zero. Surprise, surprise, because UConn is terrible. They play at 2 Eastern on the Pac-12 network. Oregon sitting a steamrolling. In another top 25 matchup, it's the number 19th ranked team, Penn State. They go to face Wisconsin, who was 12 at 12 Eastern on Fox. Give me Wisconsin. I think they'll beat Penn State. Florida is the 13th ranked team. They open at home against Florida Atlantic at 7.30 on SEC Network. Florida, of course. USC is 15. They start at home against San Jose State at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Pac-12 Network. Of course, USC. And LSU, who's 16, goes to UCLA at 8.30 on Fox. I think that'll be closer than people think, but I do think LSU will win the game. In another top 25 matchup, it's number 17, Indiana, facing number 18, Iowa. How about that? In Iowa City at 3.30 Eastern on the Big Ten Network. I'll take Iowa because I told you, probably going to be disappointed by Indiana this year. I'll take Iowa in that game. The 20th ranked team is the Washington Huskies. They start at home against Montana, 8 Eastern, Pac-12 Network, Washington, of course. And in another top 25 matchup, our final one, Louisiana, who was 23rd from the Sun Belt, goes to Austin, Texas. They face Texas, who's 21st. 4.30 Eastern on Fox. I will take Louisiana beating Texas because I don't think Texas with their new head coach, Steve Sarkeesian, is there just yet. On Thursday, Coastal Carolina's 22nd in the country. They open at home against the Citadel, 7 p.m. ESPN Plus, Coastal Carolina, whatever. Hold on. Utah is 24th. They start at home against Weber State on Thursday at 7.30 Eastern on Pac-12 Network. Utah. And then Arizona State is 25. They play Southern Utah at home on Thursday at 10.30 Eastern on the Pac-12 Network. Arizona State. Bunch of Thursday games because college football, we got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday this week because it's Labor Day weekend. It's going to be college football all weekend long, and it's going to be amazing. Good to know. Let me just tell you that. So that's what we've got for college football this week. And next week, I'll tell you what my record was from this week. Hopefully it's above 500. I think so. Well, that North Carolina-Virginia Tech game, uh, we'll see. Plus, Florida State over Notre Dame. We'll see if that happens. Those are nationally televised games in like their own windows. So we'll see what happens. Plus, we'll get into college football week two next week and NFL week one picks. NFL picks are coming next week as well. And that's all we've got for you here this week on the Zaners Facts Podcast. We had a whole football and football week episode 31 here on this podcast. And thank you all for listening. And remember, if you want to support the Zaners Facts Podcast, if you just liked all the facts you just heard, then remember, click that follow button, click that download button, click that rate button, click that review button. 
Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. All the facts. Zader's facts. That's Zader with a Z. And remember, most importantly, tell all your friends. Tell all your neighbors. Tell everyone you know. Zader's facts. Spread the facts. Sanders Facts Podcast. We've got episode 32 next week. College football predictions continue. NFL's regular season. We're going to talk about something else probably. I don't know. We'll see next week, episode 32. And thank you all for listening to episode 31. That is a wrap on episode 31 of the Xander's Facts Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. And we'll see y'all next week. I don't even know how to spell that.